guys, it's the Lone Wolf here, and I'm back with another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast, where I talk about random stuff for no apparent reason. Sometimes I do it with people, and sometimes I do it by myself. This is um, one of the cases where I do it by myself. So, yay! Um, this week, I figured, let's talk about clothes. Well, more specifically, the mask singer, and then maybe Corella. Now, um, funny enough, I've actually been a fan of the Masked Singer, Masked, Masked Singer, for a very, very long time. Um, I think, honestly, like, around maybe, like, 2020, um, I was, like, curious about it back in, like, 20, um, 2019, but then, um, 2019 was just a bad year for me in general, so I skipped two seasons entirely. So, so, um, yeah, but I actually got on the train around season three and, um, kind of, kind of started from season three and onward now, and I'm a huge fan of the show on Fox, um, and that's the only reason, I mean, that's the only, like, reality TV s- series I watch. I tried The Masked Dancer. Uh, felt like a huge ripoff. It wasn't as glamorous as the Mass Singer. I don't know. Um, just something about it just does not click for me. But yeah, for people who don't know about the Mass Singer, it's basically a reality competition music music show where celebrities get into these costumes and like they're covered from head to toe. They sing, and a group of panelists. No, a group of judges, if I can call them that, um, you know, in a way judge their performance and guess who is behind the mask, and whoever has the least votes, um, in that episode gets, gets to be revealed, um, normally they're around, like, maybe, like, 16 people in, okay, like, around, like, 16 people in total, I think, um, yeah, that sounds about right. Around, I would say around 16, 15, like 16 celebrities. I don't know what's going to be the number for season six, but a lot, of, a lot of celebrities do this show, and I am just like, this is the most hilarious and stupidest thing I've ever seen, and I love it. And I like it because I think that's the show that really like values talent, and and also in a way, no one really gets hurt because they're a celebrity. And, um, you know, if the show doesn't really go well, like, it's, you know, just blame on the producers and not on the people, technically, but that's, that's weird, but at the same, in, in, in a way, um, you know, like, it's all, like, fun and games, like, no really high stakes are involved, no one, you know, no one gets severely judged by their talent, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of these celebrities, you know, like, go on the show to have fun and wear a costume and, you know, in a way, challenge themselves in whatever shape or form, and I love it, bec- and the reason why I say no one really gets hurt sort of thing is that, you know, sometimes after, like, reality TV people, um, normal people, they tend to, like, fizzle out. And in a way, it's like their 15 minutes of fame. So I think that's that's the vibe I get from like watching reality TV shows. It's more of a 15 minute like a show that's spotlight on you, and then it just 
the show dies down until a new cast of people come up and that's why I don't like reality TV shows that much because like you know you only get certain attention for so long and then sometimes you feel like oh this might be rigged this might be like you know like this might be like favorites and all that and then I'll go well some of them are like okay um I liked the mass singer because literally it's a win-win situation for everybody like if you lose you get you get to be like revealed to the public on who you are and via like you know like it's a win yeah it's a win-win for everybody since like you know the audience gets to see who's under the mask or you know or you know suspense and you keep on waiting until you know you end up getting revealed and i love this show because no one is really quote-unquote harmed about it i don't know it's like it's like a fair game for everybody and you feel like oh like you love these people but then they're just gone on week one no that's not how it works um and i just love the show because of it and yeah, it's in in a sense like you know no one gets hurt sort of thing. No one is stressed out. Oh, I don't feel stressed out. Like you know, oh they give out their best shot, and if they have somehow have the lo- they somehow lost their votes, doesn't really matter. They had a good run, and you know they can finally be free from you know being in a costume for you know thirteen weeks. I I'm guessing. Oh no, season three was like a really really long season and it got into the point where i'm just like bro will season three ever be concluded like as soon as one like episode 10 because that's how um season one did it i think that around their 10th episode they start to reveal everybody season three of the masked singer was really really long and i am just like take these off oh like I'm, like, I was just, like, dying inside, like, please, who's under the mask already? And I'm not sure if it's because of COVID. I don't think it's because of COVID-19. It's just that there were a lot of talented people on it, and Fox apparently wanted to prolong it as possible. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I love the show. And I'm gonna talk about complaints about the show. I mean, overall, it's a really good show. I love it because the talent, like, you know, it's there, and in a way, it's introducing me to pop culture that I would never really thought I would get myself into like I never knew Wayne Brady was a person on no Wayne Brady was a celebrity until the mass singer um like in a way that's introducing celebrities that I never really thought existed on the planet keep in mind I don't keep I'm like mainstream media I'm the person who like dabbles in mainstream media and that's it and, you know, yeah, I, I focus a lot of Disney lore. I focus on sometimes anime, if I'm lucky. Sometimes I dabble in musical theater because my friends somehow got, got me into those cults of worshipping musical theater, in a sense. So, you know, and to get, it's a show that really kind of got me out of my comfort zone via, like, you know, learning about these facts about people that I never really heard of before. Like... For example, this season, I never thought uh, um, Nicholas J was a person before um, all of Masked Season 5. So, it, it goes to show. It goes to show. 
Um, but, yeah. With that being said, I do love the show. I'm excited for season six. I'm not sponsored by Fox for any means. They should, though. Um, I should be a, a guest on the Mass Singer podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. They won't. Okay, side note, though. I don't like their background music like don't get me wrong it's meant to be entertaining but the music is like at the volume to you know how much they're speaking and like when they're like discussing about something important i hear the background music and i'm like really fox or more specifically really kt studios like i know you're trying to get it engaged but you know we need to hear what they're saying and when you have the background music blaring it doesn't help i don't know that's just a critique i had for the mass singer podcast other than that really good information and just the interactivity between bow wow and whoever he has a guest on um and i think one of the producers names i forgot um I think his name was, like, Brian or something. I, I'm so sorry. But the point is, I, I loved the Mass Singer podcast. It's the only podcast that I can listen to without being extre- extremely, like, overwhelmed of listening to audio for hours and hours on end. So, there's that to consider. And 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 I have critiques about Mass Singer Season 5. Um... I didn't like it that Jenny won second time in a row. I didn't. I don't know. I I just wanted, like, I don't know, a different person. Like, secretly, I was, like, rooting for Nicole the whole time, and she failed me. Which, I'm just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Jenny McCartney is a really great person, and she knows her stuff. But, like, I want to see someone different. And the fact that she got, like, golden ear, like, twice in a row, I am just, like, I don't know how to feel about it anymore. I don't. And also the fact that she wasn't able to recognize her own husband's voice, I am just, like, you thought Cluedo Du was Akon even though he was your own husband? I digress on that. I really do. Um, and, you know, the, the judges now... I don't want to say they're getting stupid. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, they have no access to their cell phones at all. Everything around them is so secretive and CIA thing. Um, Like, everything is just really kept behind wraps. Unlike, you know, at home where we're watching it at home. You know, we have access to the internet, to the clues and everything like that. They are literally basing off from their memory, which I am just like, that doesn't really counter it they're still kind of a little bit stupid um i don't know i guess i don't know i mean yeah the whole point of the show is to have fun and i get it but like some people try harder than others and nicole really sucked this season like literally zero points for first impressions i am just like didn't, like, half of these people you worked with before, I mean, yeah, like, in later episodes, like, literally in the finale, she was able to get two out of three people right guesses, and I am just like, okay, even though, like, I think what was in, like, in episode eight, she mentioned, like, Nick Lachey, and then scratched it, what the heck, which is fine, which is fine, but I'm like, Nicole, you're failing on me. And I know there are, like, a lot of Jenny fans out there, so 
Look, the, the fact that she just had to win second time in a row, I don't know. It just bugged me for some reason because I wanted something different. And, you know, the whole point of season five is, like, game-changing. It's not game-changing if someone won it second time in a row. It's not. That's just me, though. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the chemistry has gotten way better than, I would say, like, maybe, like, in season one or, like three but like i am surprised of ken john and his guesses and they're not totally far off than how his other guesses were considering the fact like you know he he guessed flamingo as fergie which i'm like i i I, I don't think so i mean to be fair i thought black swan was camila cabello because of the runs and all that even though I know it didn't sound like her, but I don't know. That's what I thought of when Black Swan appeared uh, a couple episodes. And then I went on the internet and found out it was JoJo. And not JoJo Siwa. JoJo. Um, which I don't know how to differentiate them, but JoJo is like older than JoJo Siwa. You know, I'm just going to say JoJo for the rest of it. Um, yeah, so Ken's choices, options, whatever, they're better, um, not far off, but better, um, some of them were, like, spot on, I mean, he was able to guess, um, Bobby Brown as, for the crab, and I'm like, is this show rigged? (laughs) Because, like, Ken, Ken Jong in Mass Singer is notoriously known for getting, for saying stupid answers on, on the Mass Singer and, like, you know, saying, you know, things that just, um, you know, didn't, like, work out. But I think it's, I think the fact that he appeared on the Masked Dancer made his guessing game a little bit better. And I'm like, dang. He's finally redeemed himself, but I, I digress. I don't know. Sometimes I can't tell if the show is scripted because, like, you know, Ken John just says weird things and I can't tell whether or not it's fake or actuality. But, you know, his guessing game is better. Robin Thicke, um, he's, like, wavering for me because sometimes his A-gay is on and then sometimes it's not. He did redeem himself for me when he guessed Yeti as Omarion. As his first impression and stuck with his first guess. Yeah. And then Jenny is just, you know, expected all know-it-all. All pop culture and all that. Which is which is a good thing. But sometimes I feel like... Uh... Wow. Wow. I have no words to say. I don't know. I guess my expectations are met for Jenny. That I want the other panelists to, you know catch up to Jenny's level, if that makes any remotely sense. Eh, their chemistry is better. Um, every guest host they had, or guest panels they had, very different people that I was not expecting. Um, with that, that is pretty much it. Uh, the performances this season. Um, I like, I love the Massinger covers, which might be an overstatement. But, um, you know, for some weird reason, I always find the ori- the original songs suck when, like, I don't know, like, I end up listening to, like, Valerie 
from season four. And then I listened to the other version, which was okay. But I somehow liked the Mass Singer version better. And I think that's why I love the Massacre so much. Because their renditions of, you know, the songs they pick are somehow better than, you know, the original covers. Like, I found myself listening to Fox, as in the Fox costume in season two. Their version of Blame It on the alcohol more than the original version with T-Pain and Jamie Foxx. Now, I'm not saying the original version is bad. It's not. But sometimes with the original version, I can't tell who's singing Jamie Foxx or T-Pain. No, yeah, that's it. And then, like, Blame It on the Alcohol, the Fox version, aka Wayne Brady, um, I just found it better. It's pleasing to the ear. That's just me, though. I don't know, there's something about the covers in Mass Singer that just makes me want to, you know, get Fox to release an entire album. But I, I don't think so. I don't think that's ever gonna happen, which is fine, which is fine. Um, some shocking stuff about season five. Uh, well, Kermit the Frog was on the show. Um, which that has the most, that has to be the most shocking thing ever. Because you never would think a Muppet would be on the show. Never. And I'm sad because he got snubbed by the raccoon. And like, I'm, I'm, I know Danny DeVito. Is it Danny DeVito? No. Uh. Danny Trejo, there we go. He's a really, really good actor, celebrity, entertainer, and all that. But his voice is terrible! I'm sorry, but, like, I was, like, one of those people as soon as when, like, you know, the snail was revealed and not, um, uh, not the raccoon. I was just like, bro! People are literally picking over the the raccoon, the not not the snail. Like if you're going voice alone, and I would play the audio, but uh, you know copyright is a thing, so I'm just not gonna do it. But the raccoon's performance is it sucked. Like uh, like visually, it looked great. Had a western theme. I'm I, I I'm okay with it. The snail had a better voice than the raccoon, but people were like, no. Let's pick the raccoon over the snail, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, the snail got snubbed in episode one of season five, that's all I have to say. And snubbing is a, is a big theme in Mass Singer, uh, whether we like it or not, because um, there would be instances where people were like, this person got snubbed. And I'm like, okay. Um, for example, back in season three with Night Angel and Turtle, so Candy Burris, ugh, I, I don't want to butcher everyone's last names, and Jesse McCartney. People were saying that Jesse McCartney got snubbed because Fox wanted a black woman to win the Masked Singer. Now keep in mind, um, season one was T-Pain, a black person, and uh, Wayne Brady. One season two, a black person, and I guess they wanted to keep that trend. Um, which I'm like, bro, I I see it, but you know it happened. Just let it go. 
Um, I, I mean, I was just confused of the whole thing, and I'm like, why is Turtle snubbed? And, like, people were like, Turtle got snubbed! Like, Jesse got snubbed! And I'm like, I don't know how the voting system works for the Masked Singer. I still don't know to this day. People are like, oh, let everybody vote at home. Oh, it's only voted to the live audience that it happens to be there, or virtual audience, whatever the case may be. Or just the judges. I feel like the voting system is rigged. It, it does feel like that sometimes, even with the at-home sort of feature, because this is what I get for following the mass Singer on Twitter, because around 5pm in Pacific Standard Time, I get tweets from the mass Singer and people retweeting about the mass Singer for about an hour straight up saying, oh, who's gonna do this? Who's gonna win that? And then at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, they were like, who's getting revealed? And I'm just like, really? Yeah, thank you for ruining it for the Pacific people here. But I am just like, bro, what the frick? What the frick is this? I, I don't know. There's something about the voting system that I just, like, I know it's rigged. It just happens to be rigged. Like, due to, like, contracts or due to, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, celebrities saying, hey, I need to go because I need to leave the show because of something that happened. And I am just, like, you, you can tell this is rigged. Like, personally, my top three of season five because the previous seasons eh. um no because pre because season five happened to be current um my top five would have to be like russian dolls piglet and omarion like i wasn't really a big fan of black swan i think she's like number four for me i don't know there's something just about black swan that never really hit me as a performer than all the other performers like don't get me wrong black swan aka jojo was good it just did not hit me as a person emotionally so there and i feel like yeah not gonna lie sometimes i feel like this show happened to be rigged for example hansen left like they were in fifth place and I, and I was really, really sad because I was just like, bro, what the heck? And then I, and then I just wanted to like cry because the Russian dolls were being revealed and I'm like, bro, on, and it just like, it annoyed the heck out of me. It, it did because I'm like, bro, Hanson should have won. Well, not really. Yeti, Omarion. Slot, aka Omarion should have won, in my opinion. I don't know. He just, like, brought it in at every performance. But no! The way Fox does it is, oh, get them to vote for the cur- for the performance they've seen now. Not in the past. Now. And I think that's where people are, like, abusing, like, oh, but, like, in history, this person did this, this person did that. And, like, oh, like, these didn't vote for, like, the past experiences and whatever. No, I don't think that's how Fox wants to deal with it. If anything, they're, like, vote on the current performance of who the frick is gonna win this entire thing. And bada-bing, bada-boom, that's how you unmask it. It doesn't even matter if you vote from home. The show already pre-taped everything. It's not really a reality competition. It's more like a staged competition, if that makes any remotely any sense. And don't get me- and, yeah- I mean, everyone is talented in their own right, and I respect them for that. But at the same time, though, I feel like the voting at home thing, 
Nah. Don't. Nah. No. Don't. Just no. I'm sorry. No. Because I'm just like, you're gonna vote at home, but like, it's already been re- revealed previously. Like, it's already been recorded and taped previously. There's no going back on it. All Fox has to do is just edit the entire episode because continuity you can see in both episode i think four and five or like there was like two episodes back to back where you see the panelists wearing the same clothes for both episodes and you can just smell and tell at the fact that this show was already been pre-recorded it's not done quote-unquote live and funny enough people wanted the mass singer to be done live but fox said nah because if you do it live it ruins the narrative that they're trying to do for this show uh what but, like, when things are happened live, you can have a better sense of who the public likes who wants to be on stage. Because, yeah, and, like, no, the fact that they had the, the, they had the option of doing it live, like, I personally would love have the, having the show done live because, you know, it gives an odd, it gives you know, Fox a more honest opinion of who the people want, you know, for peop- for which celebrity to stay on stage. But no! We all know that the show is taped. We all know that it was already done recorded. All they had to do is just snip edits together and give out promos and, you know, saying that, oh, like, this is, like, happening and all that. Like, all they had to do is just edit an episode and make sure they make it into the Wednesday time slot. That's it! And the fact that I mostly subscribe to their YouTube channel doesn't really help either because, like, throughout the week, I would always get, like, promos and, like, teasers. And, like, I'm like, stop. Ah, just stop. But I I digress. I mean, yeah, that's kind of my main issue with with the show. It, It does feel like it's rigged to an extent and it feels like, oh, like, some people got snubbed and all that, and I am like, okay, like, I really wanted Omarion to be in third place, but no, the chameleon took third place, and I am just like, what? Like, literally, I said to myself that, I swear, if chameleon somehow gets second or first place, I will be done with this show, because even though, like, chameleon is, like, slash, aka was Khalifa, was representing the hip-hop community, and, um, you know, in Mass Singer, you know that's not gonna make the cut, right? And I'm like, you know, for Mass Singer, you need to, you know, have vocals, and people are gonna hate me for this. But I prefer when, I prefer voices that, that say stuff in pitch. I don't like it when people say stuff in rhythm. Now, both are very, very complicated to do. Rapping is not my forte. So that's why I don't like it that much. Um, But even then, so, like, I would rather listen to people say things in pitch. So, like, do, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, do, re, no, do, ti, la, sol, fa, mi, re, do. 
I know that's wrong, but I don't care. And I would rather hear people that do things in pitch than not, you know, rap like, um, uh, hey, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like genres that make you say things in rhythm. I don't, I mean, I don't like it when words are spoken in rhythm. I don't like it. It's not pleasing to my ears specifically. I like, you know, you know, when people sing in pitch. And I'm like, I would have been satisfied if Omarion slash the Yeti took third place. I would have been happy. But the fact that he had to leave fourth place, I was just sad. Because I was team Yeti. And the fact that I didn't even see the episode live because uh uh-huh, i don't have a tv more specifically i don't have a tv that is connected to fox in any sort of capacity because fox is a cable station and i don't have cable so i always end up going onto youtube and being like who is it gonna be now and then yeah and the fact that chameleon took third place and i and i'm like bro what the heck like i really wanted omarion slash the yeti to be in third but that didn't happen, and I think the I think the song choice kind of plays a huge part of it. Like celebration, really, is like he's like celebrating an end of an era on Mass Singer. That that was a hint I got, and I'm like no. So yeah, I was kind of devastated for like about one day <laughs> because like Yeti slash Omarion took fourth place and Chameleon took third, and I was just upset by that fact. But you know, Fox apparently does whatever they want and i can't object any by it because a this season is over two i have no power for over anyone at all whatsoever because i just don't be it's fox and to an extent disney so i don't know what to do um some things they added to the show cludle do um, I was shocked. I thought Cluedo do didn't sing because, because, okay, so they released, and I think deleted, a, a music video of people, um, who were unmasked, so like Logan Paul, Danny Trejo, Kermit, the Frog, uh, Bobby Brown, um, a bunch of celebrities, right, that were unmasked in Mass Singer. They sung the song Rick Rule. Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down, never gonna learn around and desert you, never gonna na-na-na, never gonna say goodbye, never gonna turn around and hurt you, something along the lines of that, I don't know, I've never been, I I never really listened to the song on Foley, so there was a lot to consider, but they, they did that, they did that, and when I heard the Cludle do singing, I thought, Oh, this person doesn't know how to sing because, you know, the Cluedo do, you know, when they were singing, um, when they were singing, when they were trying to sing the, the Never Gonna Give You Up, um, I thought he was, like, tone deaf because he, he did it in a way where it's, where it sounded like he couldn't sing, so I'm like, oh, the Cluedo do must be someone who doesn't know how to sing. And then episode 9, 10, 
but every, like this, the penultimate episode, and you can tell something bad was about to happen, because, funny enough, in the beginning of the, of the scene, uh, there were, like, chairs, right, and, um, I guess they edited it to make, to make it look like it, it didn't happen, but it did, so there were, like, ch- there were, like, seats around behind the cannon, right, and, like, oh, you know something is about to go down, and then you see in the next, um, shot later, uh, there were no chairs, no benches, if you will, uh, after, and I'm, like, okay, editing error, and that's fine, but then, like, you knew something was about to go down, and then all of a sudden, Cluedo Do sings Return of the Mac, which is not a song that I expected to be on The Mass Singer, because it just never had been done before in the past three years, and, like, I was shocked, like, I thought Kudo Do wouldn't be able to sing at all, but he done so anyway. Um, and then it turned out to be Donnie Wahlberg, Jenny's husband, which, like, a lot of people kind of saw that coming because of the clues and whatever, and, um, the, the internet is, uh, very, very fast when picking up these things. So, yeah, that was shocking, and, like, I mean, like, people knew, people just knew, so, because of course they did, because hello internet even though the judges had no access to the internet to look up these clues at all whatsoever, and, uh, some guesses are, like, questioning. Even all the things I said about The Masked Singer, it's a pretty good show. It's fun to point at. It's fun to look at. It's just fun to look at, um, what, like, whether or not, I mean, the costumes are amazing. I, I do believe that Masked Singer ended up getting an Emmy for their costumes, and, like, can you blame them? Like, they look really, really gorgeous and really, really good. And you can tell, like, oh, they're tailored to that specific person, even though some of them had claustrophobic issues. You know, with Bobby Brown, how um, when he was in the crab suit, he was, like, having a panic attack, kind of hyperventilating over the situation, which that never happened on The Masked Singer. Normally, people hide their pain on the mass singer but i guess season five was like no we're gonna let the audience have a little peek of what happens uh to something like this because you know you like to say that everything has gone dandy on mass singer is like an overstatement or understatement or whatever the term is because like you know like you can't breathe in the costume and like you know everything is so heavy and it's really easy to get claustrophobic in those costumes, so props to the celebrities who just put through that, and I really do love Mass Singer. I love this show. The show is really good. It's fun to make memes out of it. Um, it's fun to get all your feelings out and, and all that. Like, I can complain about the judges' dumb uh, answers, and it wouldn't really affect me as a person because I watch it via YouTube. But other than that, I love this show because of the because in a way it gives me exposure to pop culture that I never thought uh would be possible because I'm always a closeted person and you by that like you never think I would know these stuff but now I do because thank you to the mask singer and I'm excited for season 6 and hopefully many more to come. So let's talk about Corella Deville or Cruella, or Disney's new live-action movie that they just love giving us it, even though it's been 2019 since, well, no, well, actually, yeah, well, 2019, since the last time we had a live-action movie in theaters, 
Yeah. Well, okay. My first impressions of Corella were like, okay, misunderstood sort of villain sort of thing. Kinda. I don't know. Like the cinematography is like really good, but at the same time, you can, at the it's good. At the same time, you can feel like everything is like CGI'd for some weird reason. I don't know. That's just the vibe I got. Um, the whole plot of the movie, pretty standard, pretty straightforward. Um, via like, oh, different from all the other people, and then starts to go rogue. Um. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, that explains, that explains a lot. And I think because of, like, Cruella's actions in the movie is literally what kickstarts the whole, like, it just kind of, in a way, helps write itself out. Like, um, without, you know, Cruella going to the Baroness's ball or whatever, um, she wouldn't have been able to develop a vengeance in, that, in a way that keeps her, like, motivated. Because, you know, she, she's trying to figure out who killed her mother, even though her mother was adopted, and, um, yeah, I mean, knowing the fact that the Baroness was, like, a narcissistic designer sort of thing, and, um, selfish, and, uh, you know, just the fun stuff of being a narcissistic person, you can really see the similarities between you, them two, I mean, Emma, Tom- Emma Thompson and Emma Stone play both, I mean, played the Baron and Corella respectively really, really well. It just does not give out the crazy vibe, the kookiness that is Corella Deville. I mean, didn't she like destroy a bunch of um a bunch of like property just because of the dogs? I don't know. The movie kinda itself is a little bit confusing. Okay, because like one thing like, oh, like, okay, because, like, the Baroness has, like, Dalmatians, right? And, you know, and then Corella's, you know, later in the movie is seen wearing, you know, like, fur and sort of. But it didn't look like dog fur at all. It just looks like full fur. And then on top of that, they said, oh, she killed my dogs for fur. But in the later scene, we see her dogs alive and happy and well. Uh, was that supposed to be a script error or something like that? I don't know. The vibe I got, because, like, okay, because, like, in general, and I don't condone this, because it's inhumane to think of it, and don't kill animals in general, please. The, the whole ecosystem that is called the planet Earth is already dying, and frankly, we, I don't know, I want to live in a better ecosystem where, I'm not gonna lie, more animals on the planet is better than having more humans on the planet. Yeah, I said it. Because I feel like, at the end of the day, animals should rule the world. And, like, also, humans are stupid. Really? We're stupid. That's all I have to say on that. But, yeah, I'm like, I thought... That in order to get like a like a property of an animal like the, you know like their fur their horns in, in Folger's case, but you know in order to get something from an animal you need to kill them, and then you can get whatever they want from them. Does that work? I feel like it works like that. I don't know. It's not like you can like clip tiger fur and you know expect them to condone to whatever you're doing no they would probably attack you and kill you 
for all I matter. But yeah, I thought I thought Cruella had to kill the Dalmatians, and then um she she did it, which was which was really weird. Not gonna lie, I thought like, wait, I thought you're supposed to kill the animals to get the fur. Unless, unless they covered up the fact, like, oh, Disney uses fake fur because fake fur is eco systematically better than using real fur. I don't, I don't know what Disney is doing, but I don't know that that confused the heck out of me. I thought it was like a plot error. I'm like, am I hearing this right? Oh, she killed her dogs, but her dogs are alive. Thank you, CGI. Um, but yeah, that that part was confusing. Um, a new character. Sorta. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell. I mean, half the characters were, like, new and half of them weren't. One example is Artie, who is a fashion designer in London, who's confirmed to be LGBTQ. I'm assuming a drag queen. I, I don't know. That's what I, that's Based on context of the film, that's, what I, that's the vibe that he gave me. Which, you give me whatever you want. I'm not judging. It did seem like Artie has experiences in being a drag queen. And, you know, fashion is a thing for him. Like, it's a big deal for him. So, uh, that's the vibe I got. If he's not a drag queen, that's still fine. Why am I treating him like a real person? I know he's not. Kind of. Oh, it's complicated. Okay. Um, other than me trying to figure out what sexual orientation the character is, especially for Disney... Uh, I liked his personality, um, just how, like, he instantly clicked with Corella or Stella or whatever her name is, um, which gets tossed around a lot. It, it, it was nice. It was nice. It was a nice relationship that you can see being developed, and you can tell that they have really, really good synergy, and I loved it. Um, a good addition to Corella's crew, if you will. You got Jasper, and I forgot the fat guy's name. I, I seriously did. Is it Horace? I think it's Horace. I don't know. Um, those two played really well. Like, they're trying to, like, get Corella back into, like, her roots, sort of. I don't know. Like, she used to be, like, a very, like, a sweet, hard-working person. But then, you know, she ends up being all crazy and cuckoo, which I kind of... You know, I think after, like, working for, like, the Baroness and finding out how narcissistic she is, I think that's when she kind of had a personality shift. But, like, I don't know, like, they didn't make it, like, totally obvious that, oh, Estella is now Corella now and, and all that. And, like, she's, like, cuckoo and crazy. And I'm like, bro, you're not Corella if you're not smoking. <laughs> Because, like, this was actually created back in, like, I think it's, like, in the early 70s, late 60s. Like, you know, the animated version of this film. So, like, you know, cigarettes were a thing. And, and now the fact that, you know, you can't depict any cigarettes anymore kind of loses kind of loses the 101 Dalmatians Cruella charm, in my opinion. Because I feel like Cruella, without any, like, a cigarette... Or, like, you know, crashing a car, which they kind of did. But, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, impactful for me as I thought it was gonna be. I don't know, that's just something I noticed. Uh, another thing to point out in, in this movie. Um, 
Buddy, the most adorable dog ever. I thought, not gonna lie, throughout the movie, I thought Buddy was gonna die, and you know, Corilla or Stella was gonna use him for fur. That never happened. Which I'm like, okay. I'm like, I kind of just accepted the fact. I don't know. Estella's journey, and uh, I'm, I know I'm backing forth between Corella and Estella, but that's because in the beginning of the movie, we're known to her as Estella, and then as she gets more cuckoo and crazy, Corella, which I, for me, found the transition between Estella and Corella kind of. Um. It just happened all of a sudden. Like, it just came out like out of the blue, and I'm like, okay, like, there's no real motives, I'm like, honestly, like, if the transition from Estella to Corella happened, you know, after she found out that her mother was killed by the Baroness, I would have accepted it, but for me, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And, like, she started to be, like, all demanding and bossy and whatever, and uh, I digress on that. Which I'm like, I mean, it's fun to see women in power, but, like, to an extent, I could not tell what the frick was going on in this movie. So, I don't know, that's just me. That's just my own opinion. Please respect my opinion, and I will respect yours. This movie was kind of a little bit weird, not gonna lie. Um, the the fashion in, in this movie... I know it's not appropriated to the time that this movie is supposed to take place in, but they're really, really pretty, and that's all that matters. Like, I'm sorry, you're developing a dress that kind of came out of a dumpster and then transforming it into a very long and beautiful dress sold. And honestly, the fire transformation from, you know, the red cloak to um you know, to, you know to the fiery red dress that you see in the movie i was just blown away um it, it was just like disney magic sort of not really um even though like honestly with this movie like i thought it was gonna be like i don't know it, it gave me like a 20th century fox vibe it didn't really give me a disney vibe as i thought it was gonna be even with like the references and all that, and yeah, Corilla did, you know, destroy a car, but like, again, it wasn't impactful as I thought it was gonna be. I don't know, there's just something about Corella that is like really, really different. Um, the motives did seem a little bit, a little bit out of like nowhere. I don't know, I did watch this at 1 a.m. in the morning, so there's also that to consider, but I, I kind of liked it. It's not my favorite live-action movie ever, nor will ever be. Um, but I find it a different, interesting take in Corella. I just wish she would have been a little bit more, I don't know, kooky. Because she just seems so, like, crazy and, um, controlling. And I'm like, if Corella was Corella, she would have just let everything all out and let everything go on a rampage. I don't know, that's how I see it. But yet, I kind of never really seen 101 Dalmatians, I don't, before, I don't know, I think I've seen, like, 101 or 102 Dalmatians on Disney Channel, and that's when I was, like, little, and, like, I was, like, in Vietnam because of a family vacation, and I think I was nine, and I only have, like, bleak memories of it, so there's also a lot to consider, but, yeah, I mean, the movie is not bad, 
it's not. I just wish everything made more sense. I don't. I don't know. I mean, the. Sh- I mean, yeah. Then again, I did search up spoilers while looking at the movie and finding out that Carilla was uh, adopted by the Baroness. You can see the similarities, like straight up. Um, because what's it called? Um, they're both kind of narcissistic pricks. <laughs> if you think about it, like you know, like she, like Carilla kind of cares about. Um, you know, getting vengeance and revenge and, you know, showing herself up to the Baroness and the Baroness just wants, you know, to be on top of the fashion line in London. Downfalls are meant to happen sooner or later. But yeah, and also like, I forgot the confidant's name. Was it Jarvis? No, that's no, that's, a, that's a Marvel reference. Uh, but, you know, the butler confidant sort of person, you know, the, the, you know what, it was the white bald haired dude. Yes, I am forgetting names at the top of my bat. Do I really care? No, I don't. Because as long as it really makes sense to me, technically that's all that matters for this podcast. And also you just can just like watch the movie for yourself because you can get it with Disney Plus Premiere Access. Or, you know, go go to, a, like, a local movie theater and then maybe you'll be able to see it. I'm just saying. But, but yeah, the after when the bald, white, butler, English dude, the butler dude, whatever, um, told Corella that, hey, you were adopted by the Baroness. I was just like, wow. Wow. I have no words to say to that other than that. that oh, yeah, that makes sense now. And then just the whole conclusion of everything. Um, you know, they did play off with the twist ending trope by a little bit, you know, thinking that, oh, like, Corella might died, but she didn't, because, you know, genius, what have it, she invented a parachute for herself, so that was fun, and, um, you know, the Baroness not dying, but going to jail, which was actually an interesting thing that I never thought would happen in a Disney movie, Disney characters going to jail, um, you know, because that never really happens. Normally, it's just death. No one really goes to jail ever. So the fact that the Baroness is going to jail is actually like a first time in forever for me, because you know, people would be dead. So that was a nice touch. Um, and and you know, everything just like clicking, making everything like everything like makes sense and whatever. Um, you know, it really just kind of like really leads into like the development of the 101 Dalmatians remake because Cruella technically is a prequel whether people like it or not I don't know because like you can see the Dalmatians and none of them are named Perdia and Pongo yet so yeah no there's that to consider and three Dalmatians and um reading and uh, yeah that's weird so um yeah so you can tell it's a 101 Dalmatians prequel because you know at the end uh, after the credits, or, like, the mid-credit scene, um, you know, you see Anita and Roger getting together in an apartment, because, you know, you kind of need to add those two characters, because without Anita and, uh, Robert, uh, the events of, uh, 101 Dalmatians don't exist, so, you know, that, that was a nice, easter egg and just like them playing the song Corella Deville, if they didn't play that song, I would, really go on riot and be like, why didn't you have the iconic song? But they did, so I let it past it. 
Um, it is setting up to the events for 101 Dalmatians. I'm just not sure how they're gonna play it. Because, like, it, Corella seems like a nice person. I don't know. That's the vibe I got from it. Like, she's, like, a really nice person. And she's not really that, like, kooky and crazy as I thought. She's not really possessive for dog fur as I thought it was gonna be. She's just more crazy and has a, a little bit of sweetness in, in her brain. Like, you know, like, she spared her friends and got them out of jail and all that. But, like, other than that, I don't know what to make of it. I, I don't. Um, it's just, like, one of those things where I'm just, like, I am, I'm torn between everything right now. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I liked the movie. It was good. Um, yeah, it was good. It was just good. Nothing Nothing bad ever happened to it. Nothing extraordinary happened to it. It was just a really good standard movie. Um, I would give it, like, I don't know, like a 7 out of 10. Maybe, like, a 6.5 out of 10. I don't know. It just kind of seemed like the typical Disney movie, live-action movie for me. And also, since, like, I'm a fan of the Disney musicals, there's also that to consider. Um, because I like Disney musicals. Whether you like that fact of me or not. And, you know, like, the the song that was played at the end. Cruella de Feel. Cruella de Feel. Um, that song was like... It, it was a... It was, um... It was a good... Good, uh... Uh, how do you describe it? It, it was a good addition to, to the movie. And, like, it's something like, okay... It's, um, you know, it's what you kind of expect Corella to sound like right now. Um, there, there has been talks for, uh, you know, a sequel to, to Corella. So there's that to consider. I don't know how Emma's still going to do it, but she's going to do it. And the fact that she executive produced this movie, uh, kind of made sense though. And then on top of that, the original, um, person who played uh Corella in in the 101 Dalmatians live action remake she was part of that too I forgot the actress's name but she plays an important person so she played an important part in this movie so I don't I don't know how to feel about Corella if I'm really gonna be honest there it was okay some events were like predictable and some of them are like oh but at the same time like it makes sense in the, in the long run that's just how I see it, uh, it's just, it's just, it's just an okay movie, it's not really the best, the plot is kind of a little bit confusing, and then this is what I get for staying up at, uh, 1am, because I wasn't able to sleep at all, so I'm like, fine, I'm gonna watch this dang movie that is called Corella or something like that, and, um, no, yeah, that's it, um, there's really nothing much to say on Cruella. It's just an okay movie. I do love the fashion, though. The fashion looks really, really pretty and really good. Um, especially when Cruella shows up in that beautiful red gown. Or I don't know how to address it because I'm not a fan of fashion. I'm not good at distinguishing different dress types. All I know is that her outfit was really pretty and that's all that mattered. Um, 
and and yeah. I mean, in a way, I'm stalling for time, but welcome to the Lone Wolf Podcast. And um, I guess we'll just wrap it up here. I literally have nothing else to talk about even more because this is what I get for having no uh, background knowledge on the 101 Dalmatians. It's not a movie that I would never really particularly find myself watching at all. So, so yeah. If you enjoyed this episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast, please give it a like and share it by like as in review because I don't know if you're going to be listening to this on Apple Podcasts or not. If you're listening to it on Apple, please give it a like and a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, If you're not on Apple Podcasts, please share it to the people that you know. Please spread this podcast around. It would be really, really nice to have more people listening to this because my analytics keep saying, oh, only eight people listen to my podcast, which I know that sounds sad, but like, I, I want more people, please. So if you would be so kind as to share it to anybody who might be interested in my content, like literally just tell them to like listen to one episode and I'll be happy with myself, okay? Okay, um, so... You know, there's that to consider. If you guys want to follow me on social media, you guys can do so on Instagram at the underscore lone underscore nerd underscore 26 on Instagram. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at lone wolf nerd on Twitter. Updates on the life, podcast, all that fun, fun cuts and glory. Don't ask me why they're not the same handle um, because both names were taken on Twitter and Instagram, and I have to pick different names, so there's lots to consider. Um, I have two podcasts because I just love creating podcasts. Uh, um, the first one is the Lone Wolf Dormitory podcast, where I act as a prefect and explain Disney Twisted Wonderland or anime to you guys every single Tuesday for a bi weekly status. Because I love doing podcasts on a bi-weekly status. That, that is fun. That is fun. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, the Lone Wolf Dormitory podcast will be in the link tree down below. I also have another podcast called Everything Yu-Gi-Oh! Where I talk about the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime franchise as a whole. Right now I'm just doing Seven's reviews because I have officially run out of ideas to talk about for Yu-Gi-Oh! Everything Yu-Gi-Oh! So I'm just doing Seven's reviews. Yay. Um, but no, yeah, that's a, and it's also happening every, it happens like bi-weekly because I have no time. It's, I don't know, if people want to collab with me, I will always make it to a weekly, bi-weekly sort of thing. But right now it's just been bi-weekly because, haha, my schedule is all weird. So, so yay. Um, I also did... Uh, a competition sort of thing where I uh, published my trailer for my podcast. So if you're wondering why I did a trailer, that's why. I, I did a trailer for uh, myroad.com um, sort of thing. I entered a competition where uh, Road will send out uh, free um, podcast equipment uh, for 
um, you know, for whatever podcast does really, really good. Um, the first, the top 100 get four mics and all that, but, you know, if your podcast gets voted a lot, you'll have more equipment to do. So, um, if you would guys do me a favor, please click on the link that, um, that will take, that says my road, um, podcast um slash entry it 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 should be there um just click on the link that tells you to go vote for my podcast you'll have to like sign in with google and that is it and um yeah you sign in and and it will vote and the vote will go to my podcast and my podcast will win i have more in a way more opportunities to uh spread my podcasting wings if you will so if you guys would do me a huge huge favor and please vote for my podcast with the link uh it should say road my road rod.com that'll be greatly appreciated please vote for my podcast um it would really mean a lot to me and you know i would honestly be the happiest person on earth if i somehow get um podcasting gear because i'm just using headphones and um tablet but sometimes my tablet doesn't really work well for me so you know there's that so please go to the link it it should say vote please vote for my podcast that would be greatly 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 appreciated another thing too if you want to support me financially because uh, haha i am a broke student and technically in debt. So if you guys would do me the absolute favor and please uh, put in a monthly donation for me, you can donate a dollar, you can donate five dollars, you can donate ten dollars if if you want to. Um, the donations really do help me out immensely. Um, just go to at the bottom of my episode descriptions and you should say support this podcast by donating click on the link and you can put in the amount of money you want to send to to me um i i need money um if if i'm really gonna be honest and while while um the listens do help um i get really paranoid with money so sometimes i feel like i don't have enough money and then i just panic about money so it it doesn't have to be much you can always just like donate one dollar and that is fine with me um you can it's like a monthly sort of thing so if you donate to me every single month i get twelve dollars a month which is not that bad considering the fact how slow my podcasts are doing right now so um you know it would be nice it would be nice to have monthly donations um i i am probably gonna as probably of this recording i'm probably gonna set up a like paypal sort of situation where you can just donate to me like one time and you don't have to donate to me monthly so if you rather do that that is also fine with me i don't care i just need money right now and also like i want to prove to to my family that i can be a stable adult (laughs) ah so yeah donate if you can it's also fine if you don't for some weird reason if you're not financially able to do so that is also fine you can just donate your time into listening to these episodes of mine and i will get monetized from them so if you listen to any of my episodes i get money please
yeah, I'm really being honest right now, so, you know, there's that to consider, and I think with all that being said, I will howl at you guys later, and stay safe.